You are listening to Natural Born Alchemist. Welcome to episode number 102 of the Natural Born Alchemist podcast. My name is Alex and I'll be your host. This is the last episode of 2016 and year 3 of the Natural Born Alchemist podcast. And today, if you are listening to this on the very day it is released, it is also the birth of our Lord, I mean the sacred mushroom. Yes, Jesus was perhaps a mushroom. Google and find out more for yourself. Don't take my word for it. Today we are going to listen to a mixed bag of Terence McKenna material. First you'll hear an interview about drugs made in Mexico in 1996, over 20 years ago. But what Terence is saying is just as valid today as it was back then. And I must say this is an excellent talk about drugs. Right after this interview you'll hear a short bit about purging that I really like which is followed by a very short statement on what a mystery is. And I think the mystery is a good point to end this third podcast year with. But first, let's hear what Terence got to say about drugs back in 96 in Mexico. Food of the gods. The substances that all through the ages have helped us alter our awareness, our perception of reality. Terence McKenney is a writer, a speaker, and in fact an activist. And what's your feeling when I say drugs? Well, drugs is a word which has polluted the well of language. Uh, Part of the reason we have a drug problem is because we don't have an intelligent language to talk about substances, plants, psychedelic states of mind, sedative states of mind, states of uh, amphetamine excitation. Uh, We can't make sense of the problem and the opportunities offered by substances unless we clean up our language. Drugs is a word that's been used by governments to make it impossible to think creatively about the problem of substances and abuse and availability and so forth and so on. In the minds of the people, the word drugs, which was once used as healing medications, and still drug companies that make, uh, I don't know, Tylenol are are considered very legitimate. Well, so it's a kind of a paradox, isn't it? Drugs mean that which cures us and the greatest social problem of the generation. So they're right there. You see the schizophrenia involved in thinking about drugs. Apparently there are good drugs sanctioned by science and medicine and bad drugs uh, used by brown people in strange rites and growing in unusual plants in distant parts of the world. This kind of thinking, because it's naive, leads, of course, to social problems and bad politics and bad social policy. Your stance has been to at least look for what you call those strange plans and strange substances in in strange places. You have been, you originally were a botanist, or you still are. Yes, and uh, from the time I was very young, I was fascinated with the idea of extremely dramatic changes in consciousness 
from which one recovers after a few hours induced by plants. And I discovered through the writing of Aldous Huxley and other people that this was a worldwide religious uh, and cultural phenomenon that my own Catholic middle-class upbringing had, uh, had completely overlooked and... Uh, and denied, and I've been fascinated with it ever since. You know, it's a, it's a bit like sexuality. It's something which the Calvinist intellect would just prefer didn't exist, but in fact, the phenomenon of being human beings in animal bodies with uh, a relationship to nature makes it important for us to address these altered states of consciousness and the plants, the substances, and the cultural institutions that come into being around these things. Your, your thesis in many books has been that these substances have had a far greater influence on culture and still have and will have than most people would like to accept or like to see. Yes, I mean, to my mind, human history is the story of one substance after another distorting or transforming human values and society. A perfect example would be sugar. Most people don't even think of sugar as a drug, and yet we may think cocaine distorted moral and political values in Latin America, but sugar brought back slavery. Slavery actually died with the Roman Empire. Nobody worked agricultural products with slaves in the Middle Ages. It wasn't until uh, the early 1400s that the Portuguese began producing sugar, and they used up Jews and prisoners. And so then they started buying human beings from African, from Arab traders. And the Pope was in on the deal, and everybody was in on the deal. I mean, this is drug corruption of the central institutions of society on a massive scale. Uh, but that has gone on till our days. We have uh, alcohol, we have uh, tobacco. Well, this is my very point, that every society chooses a small number of substances, no matter how toxic, and enshrines them in its cultural values, then demonizes all other substances and uses uh, and then persecutes and launches witch hunts against those users whenever some political pretext requires witch hunts and persecutions. So it's an old game and it's been played in many places. Hopefully, part of the advancement of society toward ideas of universal human rights and that sort of thing, it certainly must include the idea of the universal human right to take responsibility for and to alter your own state of consciousness as you see fit. Uh, I don't think we can even pretend that we are on the edge of a civilized dialogue until we grant that people's uh, minds, like their bodies, must be a domain free from government control. In American law, we have the notion of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. If the pursuit of happiness means anything, it must mean the right to use and experiment with substances and plants. But do we need, say, more research, or do we know all we need to know about entheogens or hallucinum? No, no, we need endless amounts of research. The fact that these things have been illegal uh, in most countries for 50 years means there is a, a huge lag 
in understanding the impact of these things on human beings. How many people have taken MDMA and yet MDMA has not been thoroughly studied by science? How many people have smoked DMT? Same thing. In a way, by making these drugs illegal, we're setting ourselves up for a potential catastrophe someday when some side effect is overlooked because the drugs were not rationally reviewed uh, with an eye not toward keeping them out of the hands of the public but with an eye toward public safety and educating the public in, in safe use of these things. We, the state should not, in the matter of drugs, any more than in the matter of sex, act as the secret agent for the agenda of the church. And that's what's happening. Uh, uh, people want to stimulate themselves. They want to explore their consciousness. They want to sedate themselves. Who are we? to stand in their way with a moral ideology uh, and the long, heavy arm of the law to interfere with that. It's, it distorts civilized values. But that's, that's the bottom line. Drug repression uh, distorts uh, civilized values and political discourse. Many people emphasize the, the bad effects of, of using, uh, I don't know, LSD, um, DMT. Do you think there are positive effects in general and are the positive effects that are yet to be discovered? Well, yes. Uh, I mean, anyone who has actually been around people using psychedelics know they have uh, tremendous therapeutic potential, tremendous potential to launch people into confrontations with aspects of their personality or their history that they are in denial of. Uh, the people who hold that these uh, psychedelic substances have no application have very little uh, actual personal experience with them. It's the old story of my mind is made up, don't confuse me with facts. <laughs> <laughs> Would psychology be further ahead? Would you have learned more about the way the human mind works on itself in an interaction with others if the research, say, on the use of LSD or Ibogaine or many, many of these substances would have proceeded in an orderly and what you could call scientific matter, a way? Yes, I think it's a great tragedy of 20th century science that the original excitement about exploring consciousness and mental illness generated by the discovery of LSD gave way to establishment paranoia and, uh, and uh, repression of drug-using populations. The excitement in psychology when LSD was first introduced was like the excitement in the physics community when the atom was smashed and everybody thought, well, now we'll understand mental illness, schizophrenia, uh, the memory, so forth. And instead, the government lost its nerve because it saw that these substances have a potential for deprogramming people uh, to institutional values. And that was so terrifying that all the promise for mental illness and creativity studies and so forth and so on was sacrificed to institutional paranoia about the fact that drugs might actually cause people to wake up to some of the, of the abuses and scams that were being run by late modernism and uh, capitalism. The purging effect of ayahuasca. In South America, ayahuasca is called La Purga, and 
for every person who hallucinates, there are probably five or six who just get sick and throw up. And this is culturally sanctioned. A lot of people, uh, Peruvians are just like everybody else, a lot of people are ambivalent about being swept away by titanic visions. So people will just sip it in these ayahuasca circles and then vomit. It's a tremendous uh, worm killer. And worms are a major source of mortality in the tropics. If you take ayahuasca once a week, intestinal parasites are history for you. Uh, so it does have uh, an effect on the health. There's also been research done at uh, SF Med to show that on Petri dishes, at any rate, uh, dilute ayahuasca kills the trypanosomal phase of the malarial organism. Well, if it is in some way even partially prophylactic for malaria, then this is another factor that would make it important for people to be taking it. They like the vomiting and stress it. When we went down there in 76, at first we didn't vomit. We would fight the vomiting, fight the nausea. And it's not overwhelming. Usually you can win it. And because I thought, you know, you should keep the whole dose down. But then a couple of times they dosed me heavily and I couldn't keep it down. And I discovered that the really strong waves of hallucination seemed to follow immediately upon the vomiting. And uh, I think it's probably very good to purge. Some of the people we with were, we were with were very secular and they would tell us all this stuff. You're not supposed to eat sugar. You're not supposed to have sex, no salt, no alcohol. And then we would just observe them completely pigging out on all of these things. And then we would say, well, what's the deal? And said, oh, yeah, well, that's why we take ayahuasca. Then we get rid of all this bad stuff. So it was this kind of uh, thing. But I think it's very, uh, it's very cleansing. It's the only one of these uh, plant things, as I said, where there's not a net energy loss. You actually feel better the next day. And then what they say, and this is, you know, field work for the future, what they say is that taking ayahuasca is just the beginning of ayahuasca and that the real thing is to keep a special diet and do it repeatedly over weeks. And I suspect from my own experiences down there that there is a way to tiptoe into something that if it's not Buddhahood, you could sell it on the Western market for Buddhahood. I mean, there is a way to chemically tiptoe into a place of humor, balance, equilibrium, caring, openness, anticipation of difficulty, uh, attention to other people's needs. I mean, it actually begins to happen. It's what I call appropriate activity. But I think what it is, is it's a kind, it's the dissolving of the ego. It's not something dramatic. It's just that you stop being an introspective, selfish, misbehaving, loutish, unfocused dweeb. And, you know, instead, but without anything dramatic happening, this sloughs away and underneath is this shining, caring, attention-giving uh, person. The modern word mystery translates out to unsolved problem. 
that's not what a mystery is. A mystery is not an unsolved problem. A mystery is a mystery. Please like the National Born Alchemist Facebook page and follow Born Alchemist on Twitter. And tell your friends. And if in doubt about anything, just go to naturalbornalchemist.com. Now let's listen to Car Seat Headrest and the song Goodbye Love from the album Nervous Young Man. Check out Car Seat Headrest at carseatheadrest.bandcamp.com. See you all next year. Freedom is in the mind. Put your hand upon your belly I don't want to know what's on your mind And you, my dear, 